Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. We are into it now. High school football is here. The 2021-2022 high school sports season is officially underway as practices began around the state for high school teams earlier this week on Tuesday. Equipment handout was Monday. And we will have high school sports now through middle to late June. And it is exciting to get back at it. It was a uh, obviously an interesting and challenging year last year. It was a year that saw the seasons pushed back. It feels like we just got done with football, obviously. Um, April, or excuse me, May, uh, middle of May were the last games of the year. The last high school sporting events were just over a month ago in, uh, in the early part of July. So not much rest, but we are excited to get back at it. And today we're going to be taking a, a, a look at it and have a conversation with a couple longtime legendary head coaches from the state of Wisconsin who called it a career this year. Joe Labuda from Menominee and John Hoke from Lancaster, both over 300 career wins. Coach Labuda had five state titles. Coach Hoke had seven at Lancaster. Uh, just two great guys to work with as well over the years. I got to know both of them very well and uh, continue to, to talk with both of them regularly. Um, just great guys to work with. Great ambassadors as well for high school football in the state that have given back a ton through their involvement with the WFCA. Coach Labuda was involved in USA football uh, uh, quite uh, quite a bit. And uh, they're going to stay busy, though. You know, they're not, they're not head coaches this fall, but they're staying busy with some other things. And we're going to catch up with both of those guys in, in just a moment and uh, kind of get a little bit of a, t- a look back on their careers, some of the moments that stood out, how they got into coaching, those kinds of things. And, and also, again, get an update on what their fall plans are like with uh, with no you know no football season to to coach at least as a head coach so that's going to be a great conversation coming up as you have seen on wisports.net we have been busy getting ready for the start of the season we had our player rankings that came out over the last few weeks in July we have started our conference previews there will be depending on the day anywhere from 3 to maybe 5 or even 6 conference previews published every day now leading up to the first games of the high school football season uh, you can also find on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, at TravisWSN, you can also find our countdown to kickoff where each day we have a new stat or fact uh, related to high school football and how many days are left until we begin high school sports. So for instance, today our, our countdown to kickoff, we're 15 days away from the first games of the year, which by the way are on Thursday of, uh, of that week one. Uh, so today, 15 and that was the number of penalties for Lancaster, oddly enough, in their 2000 state championship game. That was a state record for most penalties in a state championship game. They had 142 penalty yards, but they still won that one, 14-7 over Prescott, one of the seven state titles won by Lancaster and head coach John Hoke. Uh, so you can, again, find that on Twitter every day as well, counting down to the start of the season. We will have our pre, uh, preseason watch list for our senior awards that will come out uh, in the next couple weeks as well. We'll be getting into our regular uh, schedule. We'll have a, a week one preview that'll come out uh, during week one as well. And then once the season gets going, you can find our normal stuff, our player of the week, team of the week, uh, polls that'll come out on Mondays. The coaches polls will start to come out on Tuesdays. So uh, we're, we're getting ready. And we're looking forward to a, uh, a more normalized high school football season 
in 2021. And as promised, the first of our conversations today with uh, a couple coaches that have called it a career heading into this year. First one up, Menominee head coach Joe Labuda, one of the all-time winningest coaches in state history, won a number of state titles in the state of Wisconsin as well, and uh, excited and, and thankful to have uh, Coach Labuda on. Coach, appreciate you joining us here uh, for a few minutes on the uh, WSN podcast. Uh, no problem, Travis. Just all I really appreciated throughout my career how much you guys did for high school football and high school athletics in general. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and it's been uh, fun getting to to know and, and talk with you on, on a number of occasions uh, at clinics. Uh, you know, just texting and calling back and forth. Uh, appreciate the uh, the help that you've been able to provide as well over the years. So, uh, definitely return that sentiment. But let's get into uh, talking about some things here today and. You know, we've got to start with uh, with your announcement this year that uh, that you were stepping aside from Menominee after uh, I, I can't remember exactly how many years it was, but a, a long storied career with great success at Menominee. Just talk us through kind of what into that what went into that decision and, and why this seemed like the right time to step aside. You know, as my this was my 40th year of coaching last year. You know, and uh, 32 at Menominee. And uh, a big part of it was uh, several factors. Uh, number one, there were some things I wanted to do before I got too old to do them, and you know, some things on my bucket list. And uh, like, for example, I'm going to go out west this year and on an elk hunting trip with my brother who lives in Wyoming, and uh, my nephew's going to guide me. And you know, started to think about things like that that I wanted to do before I got too old to do them. Uh, also, my dad is uh, is turning 90 this year, and it's he lives about three hours away from me over on the eastern side of the state so it's hard to ever go over there and see him to the fall and you don't get that time back obviously and you know he's not got a lot of years left so i wanted to spend some more time with him and fish with him and do some things like that and then uh and then also you know you're a lot of people don't realize how much sacrifice that your family and your wife makes through uh coaching there's a tremendous amount of sacrifice that goes into time you know as being a coach's wife which everybody knows and i've had a I have an amazing wife who sacrificed a lot for me and uh, felt like it was time I needed to do some things for her as well. And, you know, we're going to Hawaii on a trip here this month. And uh, so some things like that. But uh, but also a big part of it was I hadn't been in the school the last three years, or actually the last four, you know, and it was four years since I retired from teaching. And uh, it really felt like coaching is really all about relationships. And uh, there's so many times I had young men in my office talking about everything other than football, you know, problems that they were having at home, issues with life. And I kind of felt like I was almost maybe doing a little disservice that I was only there from, you know, I would get there for football practice and not having somebody uh, to go to during the day. I didn't really feel like it was right. Cause that's a big part of a high school football coach, as far as being involved in these young men's lives. And, and I felt like they needed to get somebody in the school and they made a great choice with who they hired. So that, you know, the program's in great hands. So it's a good situation. And Mike Sins, uh, who had been at Oakland Memorial most recently, also the head coach at, Man at uh, Mondovi, uh, is the new head coach at Menominee and played for you uh, a few years back. So, uh, as you said, program in good hands. Let's take a little trip down memory lane, if we could, though, Coach, and, and just kind of talk us through your journey as a coach, how you got into coaching, kind of where you started your roots and you know what that journey was like for you as a, as a football coach. Well, I actually uh, went to college as a, planned on being a business major at Concordia University in St. Paul, and 
you know, I played football and baseball there. And in the winter, I got asked to coach a, a, a middle a eighth grade basketball team. And I just really got into it, really enjoyed it. And so I switched my major and then out of college, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And uh, my college coach had a connection of a guy that he had played college football with down in Florida. And so I was really fortunate. I got put right on the varsity. They were looking for some youth in their staff. So right out of college, I was, you know, at a premier program in Florida at North Marion High School, which is, you know, a, a really premier program. And, and so uh, I learned a ton in those years in Florida, you know, coached against Emmett Smith and some, you know, high-level players. The high school football in Florida is, is unbelievable. It's hard to even compare to. But, I, but the quality, you know, so after staying there for a while, you know, for the years that I was there, you know, uh, the quality of life just isn't the same as the Midwest. And so there's a lot of issues in, in Florida that, you know, it's just there's a lot to be said for the quality of life we have in, in the Midwest. So I wanted to get back to Wisconsin. And uh, so there were several jobs open in Wisconsin. I applied for several different of those head coaching jobs and really liked the Menominee area. I, I you know, was either going to go there or I had a chance to be the defensive back coach at Liberty University in Lynchburg and West Virginia, and I wanted to stay at the high school level. And so came to Menominee, and uh, my first year there was kind of shocking because when I got here the first year, I had 23 juniors and seniors. So it was uh, kind of walked into, you know, I was at a premier high school in Florida where it's, you know, played the, the big, at the highest level of football and and uh, team that had gone to state in Florida and, and came here and it was very different you know there's only 23 young men the first year and so we had to build it up and you know we missed the playoffs that year we were six and three with those 23 juniors and seniors and back then only two teams went to the playoffs we missed it by a touchdown and the next year we won the conference and had 50 kids out and just kind of kept building on it kept building on it and you know uh you know, I told the kids when I got there that were freshmen that we wanted to go to state when they were seniors, and we missed that. We lost on the last play in a semifinal game, and then the next, you know, in 92, and then in 93, we won the state championship with the, the next group of kids that were eighth graders when I came there, and uh, just kept building off it, and, you know, there's some years where uh, we had some teams where I thought we should have won the state title, and it shows you how hard it is to do that, which we didn't, you know, and uh, you know, we were able to win five state titles, but probably the thing that I'm most proud of or that I that I felt the best about is we were able to maintain the same staff through, and that's the big reason for our success. We were able to maintain the same staff through the bulk of my career. I had the same defensive coordinator for you know the majority of my 32 years. I had the same old line coach for 28 years. When I retired, and, and those guys are staying, the defensive coordinator and offensive line coach, Jay Stanley and Pat Bunny, they're going to stay for a year with Mike, which is great for, you know, for turning that over because, you know, Mike was on our 99 state championship team. And, but, uh, you know, I, when I retired, we had, I had seven coaches that had coached with us for, a year, for more years. And that's kind of unheard of, you know, nowadays. We were just able to maintain the same staff. And because of that, you know, we were able to maintain such consistency because we never had a losing season in those 32 years. And, uh, you know, half the years, we always look at in 16 of the 32 years, we were able to make it to at least the semifinals. And so that's something we were really proud of. And it had a lot to do with how hard our kids worked and the consistency of our staff. We're talking with Menominee head coach, recently retired head coach Joe Labuda. As he mentioned, five state championships, 321 career victories at Menominee. Um, I was going to ask you about your assistant coaches and, and that incredible run of, of longevity that you had. 
Um, and as you alluded to, a, a big part of the success there, um, you know, is, is people ask me, how do, how do teams be successful? I always tell them that that consistency at the coaching, uh, whether it's the head coach and especially the assistant coaches, is such a big factor that plays into that. If you look at top programs around the state, Menominee, Lancaster for many years under John Hoke, who uh, you know, had, I think, four or five assistant coaches make it into, into the Hall of Fame, that is a huge factor that people maybe overlook sometimes when determining why a program can be so successful. Uh, what what was it about your group of guys that you know made all of them want to stick around that long, even though you know their their kids maybe were gone, were were not playing football anymore? Um, you know what what was it that that led that consistency and longevity on your in your program? And I think one point is that I think sometimes coaches try to micromanage too much. I think if you're going to keep coaches, you got to let them coach. And, you know, uh, like for my freshman, I've had, I've only had in the 32 years, I've only had two head freshman coaches. And uh, I let those guys coach and run their program, you know, tell, you know, give them the things that I want to do, but I don't stand over the top of them. Same thing. I The whole time I was at Menominee, I only had two eighth grade coaches, you know, running our system and, you know, but I let them, you know, do their thing and, same thing at the varsity level. You know, I don't really say much. I never really said much to our old line coach because I had such a great old line coach. I didn't, to be honest with you, a lot of people say, oh, you guys are really good on defense year in and year out. That had nothing to do with me as I let our defensive guys do their thing, you know, and, and I think that's part of it is, you know, they, they were able to coach and not, you know, micromanage. And also we didn't overmeet. I think sometimes coaches overmeet. You know, our, our guys were kind of knew what we were going to do, and, you know, we met here and there, but we didn't meet for the sake of meeting. When we met, we got things done. Our guys worked incredibly hard during the season, I think harder than any coaching staff out there. And But then in the off season, a lot of them were coaching other sports, and, and we didn't meet in the off season, and, and we were more like a family. We were really close friends. I'm really close friends with my offensive coordinator and really close friends with our defensive coordinator. And then I think part of it is a lot of the younger coaches we have in our staff right now or, you know, or at least guys like in their thirties played for us and they got hired back as teachers. And so I think that helped a lot as well. As you look back over your career, as you said, 30, 32 years, I think it was at Menominee, 40 years coaching overall. What are some of the, the moments that, that you have that stand out the most? And, and sometimes that might not be a state championship. Maybe it is, but what are some of those moments that stick out to you over the course of your coaching career? You know, it, it, it is a hard thing because, you know, there's so many teams that are so special even, and it isn't always the ones that won and won the state championship and things like that. You know, it, it's it's a lot of it's the relationship. I look back at, like, this year I thought I was going to dinner with my wife one day, and our first state championship team, the 93 team, threw me, like, a surprise retirement party at, you know, uh, at a restaurant. And, you know, those kind of things really stick out. But as far as through the years, I there's things that stick out. I mean, I, I had one player at one point, you know, we're in a state championship and we're down, the game's not out of control and, and we're down near the goal line. And, you know, I, he was on the sideline cause we had thrown a ball to get down close and uh, we're going to go to our power offense. And when I asked it, you know, went to send in the play the young man said, you know, why don't you let so-and-so score? Cause you know, his dad was dying of cancer and he knew he was here you know, an unselfish act like that, you know, here he gave up a chance to score a touchdown in the state championship to let a young man score who, you know, whose dad was dying of cancer, things like that, you know, uh, really stick out. We also had a one time where we had, you know, a, uh, a student we had on our team that was an autistic young man that uh, 
we had a play that we ran every every day in practice and practice that was called Sam's play and we'd throw it out to him and and he would drop the ball every single play you know and but that's how we ended practice and and we threw one out to him in a game and we told the superior coach Bob and we told Bob we were gonna run the play and just so his kids didn't come up and hit him and he actually stuck the ball stuck in his hands and he caught the ball and ran down the sideline and you know Bob and he went like 70 yards for a touchdown and and you know it was you know Bob's guys obviously had something to do with it. It's, it's some of those kind of moments that really stick out in your career. Not always the state championships, but games you didn't think you were going to win sometimes too stick out, like, you know, earlier that were amazing challenge. You know, when we played Brookfield Central in the in the state championship, you know, they had Joe Thomas and they had, uh, you know, a lot of great players. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, Ben Strickland and guys like that, that, you know, that was a, a win that I think a lot of people didn't think we had much of a chance to to win in the state championship game. So those kind of things like that really stick out. We're talking, uh, continuing to talk with Joe Labuda, head coach at Menominee, third all-time in state history in winning percentage uh, with at least 200 career victories behind only Pat Rice and Wynn Brockmeyer. Coach, you've, you've been in it for a while. You've been um, not just a, a coach and just kind of in the coaching realm, but you've also been actively involved in some of the other things supporting coaches uh, over the years, as you look back over these last 30, 40 years, what are some of the biggest changes that you have seen, not just to the game of football, but how it is coached and how coaches have to handle their program as a head high school football coach? You know, I think there's really been a lot of changes. You know, uh, Huddle has made things actually easier as far as, you know, you just have to drive and trade film in the middle and, you know, meeting a coach in the playoffs in the middle, you know, like, Ken Glomsky's a great friend of mine. I had a ton of respect. We had some incredible, you know, uh, games against each other. There were like four or five times we met in the semifinals where we'd drive and, you know, we'd find out we were playing each other and we'd drive and meet in Wausau and have breakfast together and trade film. You know, coaches don't have to do that anymore. But on the other end of the things, I think it's an incredible challenge. There's some real incredible challenges facing young coaches today. You know, like, like, there's a lot more things involved with teaching and, and the concussion protocol. And there's a lot more things. Obviously last year was an incredible challenge with COVID and hopefully this year is a lot different for the, for the coaches this year, but there's a, you know, uh, an incredible amount of challenges facing coaches. They kids today, a lot of them come from a lot tougher families than, than, you know, when I first started off coaching, there's a lot of, you know, you really become more of a dad to a lot of the coaches and a you know, male role model because there's so many kids that are from, you know, you know, uh, single parent homes. You know, I think coaching is a tremendous challenge, but I also think it's needed more than ever. You know, I've always thought that, and I'm not saying this because I was a coach, I think it's one of the most important jobs in America right now because these male, there's so many kids in need of a male role model that I think it's incredibly important right now. And I think it's, it's uh, sometimes understated that, not about wins and losses that it, it's really about what you do for young men and you know the effect you have on them in their later lives coach you and i, I have when i really realized that i guess when i really realized that even more was on the day i retired when i announced i kind of shut my phone off and uh just kind of sat back and reflected on things and when i turned it on about five six hours later because i had a bunch of work to do and when I turned it back on, I had like 480 some texts from past players, and, and very few of them had things in there about wins and losses. Absolutely, that's that's the good stuff that comes from being a coach. Um, you and I have, have talked a number of times about 
you know, program philosophies, and especially when it comes to youth football, you know, your your take on youth football is different than a lot of people around the state have have had for a long time. Just, you know, what what was your thoughts about what youth football should be, and and how did you guys operate your youth, excuse me, youth football program, you know, differently than than a lot of other places? You know, a lot of people are changing to the plant, you know, the, to the prototype that we had, you know, 30 years ago. And, and the reason that I came from that, when I was coaching in Florida, they had those kids playing, you know, full tackle football at fourth grade, and the coaching was not very good at that level. And I'd see so many kids get scared off at that level and then not play later on. So when I came to Menominee, we kind of had a plan in that we we have kindergarten through third grade is, is what's called little punters and it's just little games and little drills and teach them how to throw and punt and making a lot of fun for them and my players would always help me with that and then in the fourth and fifth grade they would play you know uh, flag football and that was coached on saturday mornings by our coaches and our and our players our players coached them and then in uh, sixth and seventh grade they still played non-contact you know football and it was a uh, they ran our pass plays. They ran all the stuff we had playbooks for them that, you know, they ran all our pass stuff and I think it kept kids really involved. And, you know, we've always had really high numbers in our program. And that was coached by guys who were in the community who were my past players. And I had a meeting with each one, every year with them talked about, you know, involving everybody in what we were trying to do here. And then in eighth grade, they finally got to play tackle football and they were chomping at the bit. And we had a lightweight and a heavyweight team at the, at the eighth grade level you know, they were split up strictly by weight, and we played other teams in the area that, you know, did the same thing similar. And they, you know, everybody always asked, you know, weren't they way behind not tackling to the eighth grade? You know, we just never saw that, you know. And we would get really high numbers. We would get 40, you know, lightweights and 40 heavyweights out at the eighth grade level. So we'd have 80 kids out. And then maybe we'd have a tr- attrition to 60 freshmen coming out. And a lot of people, I think, always ask, how do you have so much, so many numbers all the time? And because we always had a large number of participation. And I think a lot of it had to do is we weren't chasing the kids off at the early age when they weren't ready for contact. And that by the time they got to eighth grade, they were so excited to finally get pads on. I think it had a lot to do with it and it didn't run kids off at an early age. Well, coach, before we let you go, we do want to kind of check in on on what's going on now and what's next. You, You mentioned that you've got some traveling that you'd like to do some bucket list items, spending time with your family, is there any football going on or, or in the future for you or what's, what's you next what, for, for coach Labuda? You know, what I, what I've done actually the last month that I actually kind of enjoyed is I had some programs, some of them that were struggling and some not, and mostly some smaller schools just asked if I would come a day here or a day there and help with contact days. So I kind of did that and I enjoyed it and help, help, you know, try to push some programs to the, to the better, you know, and I'm, I'm going to do that with a couple of practices for a couple of programs just here and there, come for a day or two and, you know, kind of act as an advisor and help them a little bit because I, I think that's so much needed doing it. I'm doing it for some younger coaches in the area and, uh, you know, not, not to the point where I can't run and go see my dad if I want to, or, or like I say, I'm going on this trip to elk hunt with my nephew, but just I'm kind of doing that and it's given me a little bit of taste of it, but not to the point where I'm totally, you know, bogged down where I can't do some of the things that I wanted to do before I got too old. Well, sounds good. We look forward to uh, to seeing you around at some different things. Hopefully, we'll we'll see you at some uh, some clinics and all star games and different things uh, that that come up over the course of the season. But really appreciate you taking some time to join us on the WSN podcast. Give your perspective on your career 
and uh, and what's going on in high school football, and, and certainly best of luck in the in retirement. But as they say, right, uh, old coaches never die or never retire. They just come back in another another fashion as, as you're doing, helping out some programs. So, Coach, thanks for your time, and uh, best of luck down the road. Absolutely, and thank you for all you've done for high school football in the area. So after a great conversation with Coach Labuda from Menominee, we're going to move on and talk to another legendary head coach in the state of Wisconsin that also stepped aside this year. My good friend John Hulk, the longtime head coach at Lancaster, won seven state titles, a whole slew of games, and uh, just a, an outstanding career at Lancaster. Coach, we appreciate you joining us here for, uh, for a chat on the WSN podcast. Well, it's good always to... Uh talk to you Travis and uh you know to talk hopefully football and in a different mindset yeah well uh you know let's talk about football um and and talk about your decision to step aside from football this year uh what was it about this time this year that made it the right time for you to to step aside at Lancaster after uh, 327 wins 444 games somewhere in that range what what made this the right time for you um, you know, there is never no right time, but I know a long time ago when, uh, uh, my wife said, uh, we had a couple managers that were, uh, coaches kids. And he said, I think they were in first or second grade. She goes, you know, about when they graduate, it'd be a good time that we just hang up before she was retiring. So that helped that out. And, and I had retired from teaching. I was just coaching being an athletic director. So. Uh, it came down to that. It, it wasn't an easy decision. I know that because I hung on for a long time. It wasn't until March, April that I finally decided to pull the plug. And, uh, and the big thing was that I spent uh, the last little bit down in Lancaster without my wife. And uh, not that it's, it, it's a, you know, we talked all the time, but it wasn't the same as going home to somebody that you could just sit around and talk with. Uh, let's let's go back a little bit and, and tell us a little bit about your journey as a coach, how you got into it, you know, where you got your start, and how you ended up at Lancaster. I, you know, I, uh, I I started right out of college. I played four years of football, and then, you know, I just I just fell in love with the game of football. And uh, even though I thought baseball, I loved a lot more in high school. So it's kind of funny how that all goes. I didn't like coaching baseball at all, so. <laughs> that was one of the reasons, but I coached football in college, and then I got a job at, at Lancaster, and we went down there to get a year's experience, and you know, and then the head job opened up uh, after I was there one year, and, and I, my wife and I talked, and we said, well, let's try it, and, and we tried it, and uh, you know, there were some trial and tribulations, you know, uh, starting out, uh, you know, four five four five, and then ended up two and seven. So I wasn't kind of heading in the right direction, but uh, we, you know, somehow I got the kids to start to believe and and commit themselves to becoming better athletes, and in a result, we became better football players. Uh, anytime you are at a school for for a long time, like you were at Lancaster, obviously you have a great cast around you, and you had some incredible coaches. Uh, four or five coaches from your staff over the years that are members of the WFCA Hall of Fame. Uh, how, how important was that to your success, and how important is that to just program success, to have assistant coaches in place that know what they're doing and 
have that consistency and are there for a while. You know, and every head coach will tell you that, you know, you, you kind of, you're the organizer and then the coaches do the coaching and uh, your assistants are coaching out the storm. I was very fortunate at one time um, with, you know, and starting out, I had five assistants all play college football um, and they all stung around stuck around for a long time and in in my career you know i think that was that's probably more important than anything is the consistency and then over the years we've had other coaches come in and join in and you know they pick right up you know i one of my long time uh, friends and and my defense coordinator bill matthew passed away recently hall of fame member um you know he was always a, a guy there to bounce ideas off and he was probably the most level-headed of all of us coaches, and he would always seem to ground me. So that kind of, kind of kept it in a in a reality thing. But he was just outstanding as not only uh, uh, coaching but teaching, and just an all-around great guy. And when you have that kind of support, uh, you know, I'd be not, it'd be bad to not mention Terry Noble, who was with me until he retired. And, um, Eric Rollin was with me. Honestly, even after he retired, he stayed on coaching football and still coaches a little bit of track. So, you know, I had those guys with me for 30 plus years of my coaching career. Uh, you know, that was critical. And the young guys that we've been able to get in have picked up and they they understand what we're trying to do, and it has helped us. Uh, continue with that. You know, I, it would be tough if I wouldn't have that. Honestly, Travis, during the season, you know, we coach and we talk on Monday, and and when it comes to Monday through uh, through uh, Thursday, you know, I walk around and just supervise the coaches' coaching at, at the end there, and it was just a great thing. And then if one of the coaches couldn't be there, I took that spot. Well, I imagine over the course of your career at Lancaster. Uh, you saw some changes in how the game was played, how the game worked, just how high school football, you know, functioned. What were some of the major changes? What were some things that stick out over the years, the way the game changed and the way that, that your role as a head coach had to change as well? Well, you know, and it's probably hard for me to say if my role ever changed, but it did change just because we did a lot of different things at a small school that people did. Probably the biggest thing that helped us out was that we platooned for the most part uh, in a small school. And a lot of schools weren't doing it. And we always thought at the end of the season, if we could survive, we'd have a good chance in the playoffs. And all our coaches bought into it. It wasn't easy when we decided to make that jump because, honestly, in 1993, we went from a state championship and we're coming off that with playing 14, 15 kids and we're going to all sudden platoon. And uh, we didn't have a great season, but after that, it all really turned around. You know, football, you know, has changed into a wide-open game, a passing game. Uh, you know, you, you used to be a person under the center and three yards in a cloud of dust. And now it's, you know, who control the ball well. And, and still, when you look at it, though, they still got to have a good running game. Um, I have not seen many programs over the years. They have been successful throwing the ball, but I don't see many of them winning state championships. When it gets late like that and Wisconsin, you got to still be able to run the ball, and I, I, I'm a true believer in that. And you know, we stuck with that, even though we 
threw the ball more than people think. Um, just that we weren't always very successful at it. But that was the biggest thing. And then the safety issues nowadays uh, is very crucial uh, with football that, uh, you know, you got to worry about that, the concussion, the heat exhaustion, uh, everything else that goes along with football as it being a contact sport or the major ones. It's also one of the safest sports. And, and the equipment changes <laughs> from the old suspension helmets that we used to have, which, you know, uh, you probably don't even know what that is, but from a suspension helmet to water-filled helmets they tried to uh, helmets that, you know, when it got cold were like hard as a rock to what they now do is in a variety of different uh, type of air-filled helmets so it fits perfect. And uh, for the most part, it's uh, good. And then the biggest change, I think, has been technology. How technology is developed from the 16 millimeter or 8 millimeter film to uh, VHS tapes to now, you know, small CD discs to everything on the computer. And it's really a lot easier to communicate. It saves time. We're continuing our conversation with uh, John Hoke, the longtime head coach at Lancaster. Um, there, there's got to be some things that, that kind of stand out along your career, some moments, some uh, games, plays, players, what have you. And sometimes, you know, talking to a lot of coaches, those aren't winning a state championship necessarily. It's it's other things as well. What what are some things that you really remember well, some moments in your career that, that kind of stand out to you? Well, you know, and, you know, the first time when we won a state, or a state championship, when we won a conference championship at Lancaster, um, we, we came home and they had not won for, for 25 plus years. And they met us uh, with a fire truck. We had a away game and uh, took us around which Lancaster the square. And then they brought out a flatbed truck and all the coaches and captains talked. And it was for winning a conference championship. And, uh, you know, that was just amazing. You know, and I wasn't a part growing up. Uh, playing football, uh, part of too many championships at my high schools, um, so I, I that was that was unique. And then we followed that up with at the end of my career when we w- would go to state, and this is just how I remember it. Um, after a few times, numerous times, and we come home and there's nobody on a square. We drive around. Bus honks a horn a couple times, and we get off, and just like it was another game. And I feel so sorry for those kids in the past, in the later years, compared to what it was at the first when we first started winning. Though it was still exciting, it's just that I think our community started to expect it more than appreciate. You know, I don't know if that's the right way of saying that, but it, it was different. So that that stuck out. I've had so many great players. Uh, that played for us and went on to play in the college levels. But I, the, the one story that kind of sticks out, and probably not good my part, but we have Josh Burr who ended up playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was 6'9", 340 pounds at Pittsburgh. He was a, like a 6'8", 240-pound kid. And I didn't see it, but Coach Robin pointed out, he says, hey, he just sacked the guy, and then he did a home run swing. Of course, I wasn't into any of those, uh, you know, draw attention to me attitudes. So I, 
I pull him off the side. Of course, he's six seven and I'm five eight, so you got to get him down to your eye level. Because I'm not going up to his eye level, brought him down, talking. That's a conversational piece that comes out almost every year that people remember me talking to Josh Burr about his action. So that was that was unique and probably the most exciting game in my part of, of that is. I don't know if it was, but we played Mayville in the semifinal game, and we scored two touchdowns without ever taking a snap from center, and ended up winning 35-34. So that was that was one of the most exciting games that I was involved in, uh, trying to uh, you know with our kids and that. So. And uh, a game that I remember well, one of the best games I ever saw was your game against Cedar Grove Belgium at Middleton in what was a level three or level four game uh, about 10 years ago. That was uh, one that stands out to me as well. And I'm sure that conversation with, uh, with Josh Burr, that was a nice, polite, calm, quiet talk you had with him, right? Well, you know me. I'm very quiet and calm and, you know, people... People who come to watch a game, they have trouble finding me on the sideline. You know, I, that's one of my things. Is I was pretty vocal, and I and uh, you know, I always told our kids and I told the parents. I said, you know, I, I know you don't like to have your son yelled at. The son doesn't like to be yelled at. But if I yelled at him or something, it's because I expected more from him. He had more than he was, in my view, he had more than he was giving. And you know, that's kind of a hard thing to uh, accept as a parent because i've been on the other side seeing my son get chewed out why'd he do that um or my daughter get chewed out uh but then i draw back and i say well it's because they expect more so yeah josh and i are and you know he came back from uh after being at pittsburgh and owns a business in lancaster and he's one of my assistant coaches uh for long years at my last probably 10 years of my career well, one of the uh, the ways that you and I got to, to know each other very well was your uh, your work and in my work that we do with the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. You've been a past president uh, a couple of times in the WFCA. How did you get started in the WFCA, and, and what has that uh, kind of opened up and, and uh, allowed you to do and see uh, as, as part of your work with the WFCA over the years? Well, I, you know, I can't. All I know is that uh, Dick Rundle contacted me and said he'd like me to get involved. And I had some contacts with him prior to that and uh, just knowing him. And he says, you know, that you should run for the district rep down in the area. Uh, first thing, anytime somebody asks you something, you want to know, okay, you know, how much time is it going to take? You, you kind of look at that, you know, or what does it all detail? And, Found out, you know, you, you got to do some things, but it, it was a great, I knew it was a great association because I was a member. So I got involved that way in a district rep, and, and then a few years later, or years later, uh, Dick asked me, and, you know, uh, again at that time, if I would like to get involved a little bit at a higher level and start becoming involved in uh, as a presidency, and I uh, kind of knew it took a little more business, but it, it, again, it's a great association, so I was able to do that. Dan Brunner has done an outstanding job as long as, you know, and there's some individuals behind the scene that we don't hear about that are very important, but our WFCA is probably one of the leading, in my opinion, uh, organizations for sports, 
as an individual sport in the in the United States. Uh, very active, uh, very pro football. Uh, really trying to keep things going, and that's where I saw that I could help. Um, you know, I was involved in uh, a few of the times. You know, I was a presidency this last with the COVID. You know, working with WI Wade Lebecki and Dave Anderson has been outstanding. And Travis, I'm going to tell you what the information that you bring to us in our association has helped us immensely with uh, postseason awards. Uh, uh, you know, just keeping track of everything that you do is, is outstanding. And we're really excited that you're part of our program also. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And, and as I've said many times, working with uh, the WFCA and with you is, uh, uh, you know, one of the more enjoyable, pites, enjoyable, enjoyable parts of uh, of what I what uh, what I get to do. So, um, really enjoy doing that with the WFCA and uh, you and Coach Brunner, Coach Biolo, Coach Sarver, all all the guys there. So you're retired now. You've you've moved up uh, up to uh, West Central Wisconsin and kind of living the living the high life there with your wife. But what's next for Coach Hoke? Are, are you going to find a way to stay involved in coaching in some fashion. What what are we looking forward to in the next uh, next few years for you? Well, I you know, I, I, I just had this conversation with the superintendent. He wanted to know if I was going to get involved because I had talked to him before, and they would love to have me, you know, volunteer and all this stuff. And uh, I, uh, you know, and I played around with it for a little while, and um, but I think I'm going to take this fall off. I'm going to see what it leads to. I'm sure that I'll stop up and just help out someplace along the line, but I I wanted to see what having a fall off, because I haven't had one off since I was in seventh grade, which was just a couple years ago. Um, so to have a fall where, you, you know, it's a beautiful time of the season. My wife and I have talked about going to Door County for years and years and years and never make it, so that's one of our trips, and, and uh, you know, I like to hunt, uh, and, you know, I don't, I didn't get out bow hunting like I really would like to do, so I'm going to see how that goes. Plus, I want to go around and see some great games being played. That's that's my plan right now, and it's not further than that. So I just talked to my wife this morning. She goes, well, how's it going? Are you doing good? You seem to be doing good. I said, I'm doing good, but I think about it every day. You know, I'm wondering how Lancaster's doing. I'm wondering if I was involved, I'd, I'd feel better. It's not that I feel bad. It's just, you know, I, I, I still think I have something to give to the game to help some program. And and uh, if my son gets back into coaching, because my original plan was to go help where he was coaching, um, but he's taking the fall off too. So that that's a good time for us too. To, we haven't been around for a long time to get together and, you know, do some hunting together and, Maybe go see some games on Saturday, on Friday, and I've already been uh, invited to uh, uh, going to go down and watch Wisconsin and and Notre Dame at Chicago. Uh, was invited just last night to Wisconsin Michigan game at Wisconsin with uh, one of my old friends from uh, up here. So it's some things that I wouldn't be doing if I was uh, in in Lancaster because I'd be thinking football and catch it up on everything I didn't do during the week. Well, as we uh, as we said to Coach Labuda, old coaches never die. They just go help out somewhere else, right? Yeah, they do. You know, I, I talked to Coach Little uh, last Saturday. We were talking, and he, 
they brought that point up when we were doing the radio show. And he says, what do you plan on doing? Well, I said I might volunteer. He says, yeah, well, that's what I thought, too. And next thing I knew, I was a head coach again. So she said, be careful about that volunteering. (laughs) 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 But uh, my nephew, you know, we're only a half mile from a school. And uh, my niece's boy is a sophomore and really want to watch him. You know, they're kind of our grandkids because we don't have any yet. But exciting new Travis. My daughter is pregnant, and we're going to have our first grandchild this spring, so I think that might eat up some time, too. There you go. Congratulations on that. I can't wait to uh, to, to see Grandpa Hoke tottering around with a little one uh, coming up very soon here. Well, Coach, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate, uh, you know, again, all the, the work that we've been able to do together. I'm sure we'll continue to, to, to talk, obviously, and look forward to you continuing to be involved in the WFCA as well. Um, but uh, until the next time, that'll do it for today, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Travis, and thanks for everything you've done for Wisconsin football. If people don't know the, the efforts and the amount of time and, and the work you do that uh, you know to promote Wisconsin football, and I know you do all the sports. I think for some reason I think football is a little bit better for you. well i appreciate that uh again coach hoke joined us joining us here today on the wsn podcast uh coming up a lot of things going on obviously we got practices underway we've got games coming up very soon and we'll have more on that next week on our wsn podcast all kinds of preview information coming out so make sure you check it out however this will do it i am travis wilson this has been a wsn podcast we'll see you at a game